Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Social Distance Warriors, a podcast about uh, the pandemic, I guess. Yeah, the pandemic. It's still happening. It's uh, that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. My name is Tom and it's September 11th, 20 years since that thing happened on September 11th, the year that it happened, but um, 20 years after that year. And um, I am still not an expert on any topic. Uh, yeah, um, I'm Rat, and I am not an expert on the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm here today. I just went apple picking. Oh, yeah. nice. Got any good ones? <laughs> uh, yeah, this was uh, Apple Orchard very much on easy mode. I've been to older orchards with like trees you have to actually think about how you're going to get the apples but this was um they were baby kind of very short trees and we just like got in and out you could very easily grab a bunch of apples so we did that i don't know that i've ever gone apple picking oh my i mean i i I probably did once (laughs) or twice when i was a kid but certainly not since i've been like i don't know since i was 11 i think within the past you know 22 years i don't think I've, i've i've done apple picking what am I missing? It is like an integral part of, um, I think, both because I have a birthday in September and it is also the Jewish New Year. And so um, the, during um, like Rosh Hashanah or my birthday, uh, my family would always go uh, apple picking. It is not fall until I have gone apple picking and purchased somewhat overpriced apple cider at an apple orchard. Hmm, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> It's nice. I mean... Um, you get to most places don't care if you like make kind of a day of it and eat a few apples as you are picking them and you can kind of just enjoy being out in nature for a little bit and then it's not obligating you to really commit the way like hiking or camping is to really getting into the nature you can kind of get in there as much as you want hmm. and then leave with apples with apples yeah this this place um had a minimum you had to well you didn't have to pick a half peck of apples but they made you pay for it so <laughs> it was worthwhile to get a little a half peck is not that many apples it's like 10 apples okay and, and if you pick more you pay for more yes uh, yeah you probably didn't sign up today to talk about the logistics of apple picking it's just not a topic i know anything about yeah uh, well i'll gladly <laughs> and I'm also a person with um, different opinions on the varieties of apples. I can be <laughs> that kind of obnoxious apple person where it's like, uh, yes, the John of Gold apples versus the Granny Smith. Mm. I really only like Macintosh. I don't really like other kinds of apples very much. Maybe I just yeah. haven't had the right ones. And orchard ones are somewhat different than like ones that have gone through the store and with Red Delicious and Granny Smith, this is most obviously the case. Like, they kind of cover them in a wax-ish mm. way that if you're just getting them from the orchard, the skin is much thinner and nicer to eat than, like, when people hate apples and specifically, like, hate Red Delicious apples. A lot of that is because um, of how it's processed. But, yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> that was, yeah, that I I was glad to be able to do that this year. 
because it is also an outside activity that I didn't have to feel too many ways about during the pandemic, uh, which is not the case for so many things. Last week, I went to an Apple store. Apple store. <laughs> and <laughs> did you eat Did you eat any of the apples inside? Uh, no, but I did purchase a new iPad Pro. Nice. <laughs> yep, I, uh, I drove to a different state to take advantage of their lower sales tax rate. Because Massachusetts has sales tax and New Hampshire has a 0% sales tax. So I drove an hour to go to an Apple store far from my home and, and, and purchased an iPad. Anyhow, what else is up? I don't know. Um, for me, I don't, I don't know how you've been doing these. I guess it's been two weeks or so since we've recorded. I've been surviving in that I can do everything that is on my plate. Do not ask me to do one thing more, but I can do everything okay. Hmm with my job and that's it <laughs> that I'm very tired still that is good uh how is your job going it's been it's been going all right um I have an end point in sight next week will be my last week in the animal care position that I've been doing then I can transfer to an open cage washing position and um I've been like managing to cope with um <laughs> listening to a lot of music, listening to fan fiction, listening to podcasts. Hmm. But the thing that is so existentially bad for me continues to be the case just with how the job is laid out because like I can't really do anything. My hands are always very busy with like doing the tasks of cleaning out or changing and attending to mice. And so all I can do is think, <laughs> but not very deeply because I'm also paying attention to what I'm doing. Um, so it just ends up in like thoughts looping in my head. So I try to fill that with mm. other other noise or sounds. That's good. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to cope with that. Yeah. So um I am still, you know, going into the office. I'm now going into the office twice a week. That was probably already the case last time we spoke. I think so. But uh the difference now is that I work at a university and the fall semester has now started. So the students are all back, which has made things a whole lot more crowded and intense. Your job is not a like student facing job, Correct. is it? Correct. It's not. But there's just now students <laughs> on the campus. Well, there's the city is now much more crowded. So getting into town on the train and taking the elevator up to the 12th floor where I work, whereas I was previously, you know, alone in an elevator. Now I'm crammed, you know, five or six people in an elevator, which is a pretty big difference. Yeah. Everyone's masked up and everyone has been required to either vaccinate or submit documentation of a like medical or religious exemption to vaccines. Which I'm not even sure what the religious exemption is to vaccines, like what specific religious groups claim that exemptions and mm -hmm. what the tenets of their faith they yeah. cite are. That That's different from um, what the University of Pittsburgh is doing, my, my employer. Interesting. They have not ma mandated to everyone needs to get a vaccine. They want you to upload uh, proof of if you've gotten vaccinated and if you haven't this month they've started requiring you to get um, weekly COVID tests if you aren't vaccinated. They strongly encourage you, but they're not going so far as to say, hey, it's a pandemic, you all need to get vaccinated. So that's been unfortunate, <laughs> um, at least like mm. in my department, to know that, yeah, not everyone is vaccinated <laughs> um, who I'm working with. Do you know if that's going to change as a result of the recently announced vaccine mandate? I do not know about this. What is it? Oh, well, uh, okay. So 
Uh, I want to look it up on Google to make sure I don't have it wrong. But uh, Joe Biden announced a couple days ago that all employers with more than 100 workers oh, it's this, are required to either be vaccinated or tested weekly. So it sounds like that wouldn't change uh, anything. Yeah. Well, thanks, Joe. Well, you know, that's still much better than it's yeah the way things were because many employers will not have the infrastructure to administer weekly tests. And so the employers themselves will probably require the vaccination. So that will probably up the vaccine uptake in various communities, which is a, a good thing. It's not going to have an immediate effect, but it's going to, I don't know, in the long run, it'll, like there are probably lots of people who would otherwise have died who won't won't die because of this. Yeah, it's just it's just not bad. It's just not as good as uh, it needs to be. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> um, the fall semester having started, I am taking my final class for my graduate program, and it's an in-person class, which is interesting. It's very nerve-wracking because it's 35 people or so mm. crammed into a... Not a huge room. It's a fairly smallish computer lab because we all have to sit at computers and do computer things. And yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I can see that not being a great <laughs> way to do things. Yeah, I mean... What's your um, attendance policy for that c- class? I don't remember. I mean, it's everyone's expected to attend in person. I mean, I think you can probably afford to miss a couple. Mm-hmm. But there are certain key dates where everyone has to has to be there. So. They wouldn't, but they wouldn't. It's not like oh, and you can zoom in if this happens, or they want you to be there in person. Yeah, that's that you. Cur- you currently cannot <laughs> attend remotely. Who knows whether that might change? Because everything is constantly changing, and I, I don't know. I am still kind of bracing for the fact that I have been expecting things to get a lot worse, especially here in Massachusetts. Um, And in Boston specifically, because Boston has a fairly high vaccination rate, and and Massachusetts in general does as well. Uh, But the influx of students from other places where the vaccination rate is not necessarily as high, I don't know if that's going to mean all of a sudden there are a lot fewer people vaccinated. You know, even though students are required to be vaccinated, supposedly, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what to think of it. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be havoc. Yeah. Yeah. So not looking forward to that. So um, what else is new? Well, I don't know if I was like as avidly a public transportation rider uh, when we last spoke, but I do now on my daily commute to work experience bus emotions. Mm. Uh, so that's new in my life. What are the emotions that you feel about a bus? Well, I, again, I can't access them currently because <laughs> I'm not on a bus, but <laughs> I don't know. It's maybe train emotions are are similar. It's just, it's a nice way to be. I'm like still very happy on the Pittsburgh bus system, even though, you know, I think a lot of the locals are more aware of the like ways it is failing (laughs) when buses um, don't come as they're Mm. scheduled to or the bus stops that do not have like adequate shelters, that kind of thing. But to me, it is still just so amazing that very easily I can hop on a bus almost anytime I want to go somewhere and then like not have to think the same way you would. I love not having to drive, be the one driving across. Um, Pittsburgh has many bridges. I love not having to (laughs) be the one actively driving that vehicle across the bridge and just kind of get to look 
and think. Yeah, I feel like people who live in major urban centers with significant transportation systems, public transit systems, tend to complain about those transit systems all the time because they don't quite, you know, live up to what they feel they should. But that always just seems very strange to me because... There is no public transit system. Well, that's not true. There is a public transit system in Rhode Island where I, I grew up, but it's it's like all bus, no trains, mm-hmm. and you really can't get by in Rhode Island without a car. Yeah. Whereas people in Boston, where I work now, a lot of them don't have cars because they don't really need them because there's a very good transportation system, which they nevertheless complain about, and <laughs> that's their right. That's It's the right of the people who live in any city to complain about that city, but it seems very advanced to me. Yeah, and the thing I would probably have more complaints about uh, if I didn't also, as part of my job, have unlimited free bus ability, like Mm. that helps as well, because that is a perk of the working for the university, because otherwise... Yeah, uh, if you don't have a car and you're not making a lot of money and every time you get on a bus you have to pay like $2.75, yeah, I would want it to be working uh, perfectly. Yeah, true, true. We just recently had someone um, quit at my job. And I don't, I don't know if this is his plan, but I did like sit and try and calculate it out. He didn't come in on his last day, which is the day where they supposedly are supposed to like take back your ID card and deactivate your ability to ride the bus mm. uh, for free. So if you don't come in on your last day, your last paycheck may get held up or will held. But if you don't turn in your ID and you continue riding the Pittsburgh bus system, you could very easily <laughs> earn that back. I don't I don't know if this was the plan. I was probably not. There were probably other uh, reasons, but sometimes I think about it. Yeah, I, I assume that at some point that will stop working, like because it probably it, needs to be renewed every so often. Um, I think in a perfect world, yes, they would probably be able to like remotely deactivate it or whatever. But I think in the ways that the university functions, practically, probably won't. I love that. (laughs) At the college where I previously worked, all undergrad students had the perk of being able to ride all the buses in Rhode Island for free. And that perk was not officially extended to faculty and staff, but even though I was a staff member, I just figured I'd try swiping my card one day and it just worked. So I knew then that even though we were told that we didn't have that perk, logistically, I guess they had just turned it on for everyone because apparently it's probably easier to do that than it is to like exchange information with the Rhode Island Public Transit Authority at a granular level about who does and who does not have the ability to ride the bus. It's probably just easier on them to say, all right, anyone who has this card can ride. So if they have the card, let them ride. Hell yeah. <laughs> yep. We now have um, at my at my current university where I work, you have to swipe into every building on campus. Now your, your card encodes information about your vaccine status. So if you do not have it on record with the university that you have been fully vaccinated, your card will not allow, allow you into the building. Okay. Very intense. Yeah. Which I think, I think that is a good function of... <laughs> universities using its information and using its technology ability. I think that is a good function to protect public health. Yeah, I think so. What I I will say is that, you know, for the first day or two that that was the case, it just randomly wasn't letting people in (laughs) to campus, even though they were cleared to do so. But, you know, that got fixed. So with any technology transition, there's going to be some amount of hiccups. But um, yeah, by, by the second week, that was all ironed out. So... 
Yeah. So that's good. One thing I am uh, waiting anxiously to hear back about is um, I got allergy tested um, with a blood test uh, to see if I'm allergic to the animals that I work with in the lab, which are mice and rats, which I don't think I'm allergic to. But I also got tested to see if I'm allergic to cats, which I think I probably am. Mm. Um, Interesting. (laughs) So that will happen when when Mm. I hear back. Nice. You don't yeah. work with cats, do you? I don't work with cats, but I would one day like to have one. But maybe not. Mm, there are like hypoallergenic cats, aren't there? Probably. Like hairless cats. Somewhere out there. I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover before we dive into action items. I have one other thing I did I'll talk about. Go for it. Because I mentioned it before. I went to the sensory deprivation tank. Oh, um, yes. I saw this on Twitter. Tell me about this. <laughs> Tell me about the sensory deprivation tank. Yeah. Um. Which... I had a fine experience with, it was very much like taking a bath in the dark. (laughs) It was located in the sub-basement of a day spa and very much, um, this is like some guy (laughs) is doing this. (laughs) Okay. Like, uh, that makes it sound, it was was like very clean and well put together, but it was also like I made an appointment for a certain time and then I later got an email from uh, the guy who runs it and he was like, hey, can you come in at this time? Because that's when another person is coming because I think he personally has to like unlock the basement every time someone is doing a a float in one of the tanks Um, and he didn't want to do that multiple times a day. So I um, did go one Saturday afternoon and it was nice. How big is the tank? The tank is like like a big bathtub, like, mm. I don't know, like a hot tub sized okay, tank. Okay, okay. The water is not very deep and it is also um, highly salty. So you don't, I mean, it doesn't taste, okay. A few things about my float is a few times I did get the water in my eyes. And so <laughs> I did, uh, from total darkness, just kind of scramble my way to the door, which you can't open, um, and get out and, and towel off my eyes. But yeah, um, you're just, you're in there. It, it was nice. Um, I think it was not as revelatory as some people describe the experience to be. And maybe if I hadn't also like experienced absolute darkness before, which is also, uh, you get that like, I've been caving before. You, you also get like, you can be in a room and turn off all your headlamps and feel how weird it is to just be in total darkness. So it was nice. Um, I thought about fan fiction I wanted to write <laughs> for a while. Um, and I felt afterward like as rested as if I had like sat and taken a, a nap for 45 minutes, but without having to like I could think about stuff um, and was awake the whole time. But yeah, surely the highlight of that experience was not the sensory deprivation tank alone. That would have been okay. But the fact that afterward I did go to the gay bar that was across the street, that made it a full experience. Mm. Otherwise, I don't like I don't think I would have really felt I got a lot out of it. But I was glad to try it. <laughs> um, then I did go to on a Saturday afternoon, um, what is apparently a somewhat historic Pittsburgh gay bar. It was very casual. I asked the bartender to make me a non-alcoholic drink, and he said he had never done that before. Really? (laughs) But he did it for me. Did you ask the bartender if the clientele of the bar commonly used the sensory deprivation tank? (laughs) I did not. 
I did not. Hmm. So I guess I'll never know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. It seems to me like if you get salt water in your eyes, that's not sensory deprivation because you have a sensory experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a level, the other person uh, who was doing the float at the same time maybe was doing a more hardcore <laughs> version than I was. Is that a different tank? Yeah. There's like, it was kind of like there were four or five different like rooms and you got like your room. Each room has a tank and a little shower. You shower um, both before and then after to like get all the residue off of your oils and stuff on your body before you go in and then after to rinse yourself off. Mm. The person explained to us that like you can wear earplugs so that like water doesn't get into your ears, but that he doesn't do it when he floats because it is another sensation and so for like true sensory deprivation Mm. then maybe you don't want to wear the earplugs i wear the earplugs and also total sensory deprivation was not what i was seeking i liked having the control of yeah i can get in and out and i'm just aware of what is happening i wanted to have a good time and (laughs) Also, yeah, so on their Google, like their when you look at the Google reviews, their photos show a much older tank than the ones that they had there. Apparently, I have seen this episode of Frasier, <laughs> uh, but I don't remember it very well. There's an episode of Frasier where Frasier's younger brother, Niles, goes in a sensory deprivation tank. You don't have to explain like- to me who Niles is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't have a good time, um, but it's like a, a very old model and that is what they used to have and what their google photo page shows their sensory deprivation tank to look like they have since when i went seemed to have like upgraded and gotten all new ones that are very much it felt like kind of being inside of an apple ipod kind of it was like totally white and as you got in there was like soft music playing and soft lights glowing different colors in the tank and then like it would turn off for the remainder of the float and then when your time was up you would hear also soft music and (laughs) it would you know start up again whereas I believe before it was just like you step into the tank it is dark you close the door mm. and maybe a timer goes off and you get out I'm, I'm trying to think of like pop culture analogs for what that sounds like to me and one of the things that's coming to mind is that in in one of the later episodes of the tv show the leftovers which i watched during the pandemic a character gets into like an experimental tank that like submerges you in water to send you to a parallel universe And I'm also thinking of Neon Genesis Evangelion, where you get into the cockpit of the giant robot and it's like a strange sensory experience where you are, um, you're you're inundated with liquid that smells like blood. Uh. (laughs) But um, yeah, is this something that you think you'll do again? Um, Probably not. Like, I'm happy to have done it. But probably not again. Okay. That's what that's what the um, the owner of the sensory deprivation tank asked me um, afterward if I if I had a good float and if I would do it again. And I said no. And he said, "Well, was there anything about the experience that like could have been better?" And I said, "No." Hmm. Yeah. Some things you just try. Yeah. I wonder um, what's the like the demographics of people who use sensory deprivation tanks. Like, what can you tell me about your, your co-sensory deprivi- vi- deprivator? I mean, there's definitely a vibe of like kind of 
new age if I have to generalize like maybe like the kind of guy who would like try Soylent or like (laughs) I don't know (laughs) trying to like very much either not be in your body or like optimize your body Mm. kind of person that is sort of the demographic (laughs) of uh, the the other person who was there and the sort of decorations on the walls that makes sense yeah um Let's let's go to action items now. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to step out of the tank. Do you have them written? I do not have them written down. I think if we had only one, I remember it because I remember one of them was to eat and enjoy a soup. But if we had more than that, I do not know it. We had we did have that. That was one of them, and we I think I think the other one was to meditate. Whoa. Which I think, I feel like, I don't know if you were specifically <laughs> thought conceived of your sensory deprivation as a meditation, but yeah. I think that counts. Yeah. Wow. Look, at I forgot about that action item, but look, I did it. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. Did you do either of those? Well, yeah. So I ate, I ate a soup. It was like a chicken soup, like a chicken noodle soup kind of thing. It was fine. <laughs> oh, wait, no. What else did I, did I also have, um, no, it was like a sausagey soup that I got from HelloFresh. Oh. Was it sausage? Yeah, it was sausage and farro, which uh, was not a soup I would have considered making if it had not just been sent to me in a box to make, but it was pretty good. So um, you not only ate that soup, but you got to make it. Yeah, yeah. You had to make it. They don't make it for you. Correct, correct. And I did also meditate. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm good at it, though. Like, I don't feel like I get anything out of it, but I've been trying. Anyway, did you soup? Did you soup? Uh, I did soup. One of my roommates made I guess it was also a curry, but to me, it was very much like a soup, a Thai curry that was very good. And I and I ate it. Honestly, I would say that given that you had an experience where you floated around in some salty water and deprived yourself of all other senses, you might have gotten both of them in one event. <laughs> because I think you became a soup, right? Yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think I went to the soup tank. I think <laughs> that's what they should start picturing the tank, uh, the sensory deprivation tank says, soup tank. Well, oh, I also want to follow up on a previous action item from a while ago when the action item was to do the do a crossword. Yes. I recently surpassed all of my previous records and received a uh, 100-day streak for the New York Times crossword. So I have now done it 100 days. Actually, right now it's 103 days in a row. So I wanted to brag about that accomplishment. <laughs> very nice. This is this is the right place for that. Yeah, it's one of the very few consistent things in my life. I, I am very bad at building habits, but the New York Times crossword, for some reason, has managed to stick for 100 days at least, and mm-hmm. may it stick for many more. It is your rock. It is your anchor. Yeah, I've, I've also recently started, I now have like a 22-day habit of using Duolingo, mm-hmm. because, you know, the little owl gets, he gets very upset with you if you don't use it. I have not used Duolingo, but I know people who do, and they do seem to have that kind of relationship with the <laughs> Duolingo owl, that sort of fear and desire to please well i mean if you skip a day or skip a few days you literally get a notification that says uh, the the duolingo owl his name is duo it says you made duo sad (laughs) yeah it's it's one of the most like guilt tripping apps that i've ever used but um (laughs) yeah i have been i have been trying to learn the japanese language at least a little bit and I don't really know how well I'm doing, but I do know that I have come back to the app and I have done exercises um, at least 21 days in a row. So 
Yeah. Do you have any new action items you'd like to propose? I do. My action item is to watch a fan video for any TV show or fandom that you want Mm. with any song. Pick your favorite. Watch a new one. Watch a fan video. That's easy. That's easy. (laughs) It's very easy to do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And probably by the time this episode is out, um, I I am currently making um, a Glee fan video to actually a song that you introduced me to. It is when I posted about feeling like a rat in the city. (laughs) You sent me a song and I'm using that one for um, a sort of... Glee is a show I wish I had not developed emotions about (laughs) as I have, but a somewhat serious uh, and bittersweet fan video for um, Brittany and Santana, which is a couple in the show. Is that the song Rat of the City by Sidney Gish? It is the song. Yeah, it'd be strange if it was not. (laughs) (laughs) Because given what you just said. Okay, yeah. Um, I think I want to also propose an action item. Say something you've never said before. Like come up with the come up with like a new word or phrase that you've never said before and say it. Okay. You don't have to say it. I don't know if it matters <laughs> who you want to say it to. You can okay. say it on the next episode of the show if you want. <laughs> but that's it. Something now is this you're hoping for something that the person has that I've never said before or that has never by any human been said before. I think that you can do it either way. I think it's, I was thinking more along the lines of the former, where it's just something that you've never said before. (laughs) But if you want to try to conceive of something no one's ever said before, then uh, go for it. Okay. Um, With that, I think that's, that's it. So uh, there's, there's a thing we say at the end of every episode. And that thing that we say is to stay distant. Always stay distant. Oh, and yeah. And go (laughs) to the distance. Yes. Sorry, we did it together. Yes. (laughs) As we don't always do every episode, but this one we did together. We did, we did. <laughs> <laughs>